1878, Springfield, Missouri got its nickname, the Queen City of the Ozarks. Live! <laughs> Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower, Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. I'm Andy Carr. And I'm Dan Howell. That was an excellent intro, Andy. (laughs) First off, thanks to everyone who subscribed to the show and listened to our first three episodes last week. The response has been really great so far. We're guessing. (laughs) No, it's it's, uh, insanely popular. Uh, Uh The letters are filing in and... We're definitely not recording this the Sunday before the Monday that the episodes come out. I mean, <laughs> if we were, could you hear the fans outside screaming? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's my neighbor mowing. I mean, <laughs> our neighbor here at the Hammonds Tower, of yes. course. They, the industrial lawnmowers are very loud and we can hear them in the 16th floor. So, Dan, what did we eat this week? Andy, I believe we actually ate at two places we did we're gonna keep the second one a surprise though the first place was ziggy's cafe dan had you been to ziggy's much before i had been to ziggy's plenty of times before i don't want to spoil anything about what i think but i will tell you that my past experiences with ziggy's i've been resigned to go there um it's kind (laughs) of uh either the only place open or the only choice so your your typical response to someone saying hey let's go to ziggy's is all right mom or or why (laughs) i mean if i was hanging out with my mom at one in the morning for some reason (laughs) that gets to one of the reasons that i think people revere ziggy's they used to be open 24 hours yes so you could go there late at night after partying or whatever you're doing late late at night seeing a movie whatever and go have a tasty waffle or basically any american food yeah, past 3 a.m., There's no, there was no other place that you could get a hamburger or a plate of eggs. I think that I went to Ziggy's some as a kid growing up here, but most of my memories from Ziggy's were during college when I would get out of a show or something at like 1.30 in the yep. morning, and there was a Ziggy's downtown. It was a big open space. It used to be the Rasta Grill before, but you could go there you know, two in the morning after the bars closed and eat a huge breakfast. And it was so loud. It was crazy. Yeah. The only time I remember going there specifically, we were singing a band of horses song and beating our hands on the table. (laughs) We were awful. Yeah, that sounds awful. (laughs) So, Dan, I got obsessed with Ziggy's this week and I did not expect it to go the way that it did as far as how much research I put into it. You recommended that we do Ziggy's just because we were talking about what's some kind of Springfield staple we could do that isn't like a cool, hip place, but just some place that's been around forever. And I could not believe <laughs> all the stories that I found about Ziggy's. Had you heard much about them growing up? I definitely had not been clued into a lot of the things that you've brought to light for <laughs> me. I, I will tell the listeners here on the wall of the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower, Andy <laughs> has constructed a sort of a true detective-esque um, <laughs> wall of strings and pictures uh, that is very intricate and uh, definitely makes me concerned for his well-being. I didn't use yarn, though. I actually used syrup, so all of the lines from one picture to the next are dried, sticky <laughs> syrup. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that was definitely part of it that uh, concerned me the most. So without further ado, let's get in to the history of Ziggy's. Buckle up. What I try to tell you, this country, you've got to make the money for then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. 
That's why you've got to make your own moves. Zulbahar Zindeli, known to friends, family, and strangers as Ziggy, opened the flagship Ziggy's Family Restaurant in 1983 at 729 West Sunshine, a location now occupied by national chain Perkins Restaurant and Bakery. The original Ziggy's included a jukebox fully stocked with country tunes, tables set with flowers, and personal service from the man himself, Ziggy Zindeli. Though he came to renown for serving classic American breakfast around the clock, Zindeli was an immigrant with a thick, charming accent from the Yugoslavian region now known as the Republic of Macedonia. Zindeli had moved from there to Illinois back in 1969, and soon after opened his first restaurant in Mendota, a small railroad town about 80 miles west of Chicago. Zindeli proceeded to move the rest of his family to the U.S. one person at a time as he could afford it. When the last remaining member, Ziggy's son, Aguim, had arrived, the nuclear unit relocated to Springfield and started the family business. In doing the research for this episode, I discovered something fascinating, something that I'm not sure is widely known. I discovered that Ziggy's did not originate in Springfield, that one of our city's most iconic eateries is, in fact, sort of a franchise. Remember how I said Ziggy's in Delhi opened his first restaurant in 1969 back in Mendota, Illinois? Well, that first restaurant was Ziggy's Family Restaurant, a 24-hour diner specializing in breakfast food. Sound familiar? And to get this, it's still there. It still exists. And it's still owned by members of the Zendeli family. I got obsessed with this, combing through newspaper archives and LLC records to confirm it. But then I realized there was an easier way. Uh, hi, I just had a question really quick. A woman working at the Mendota Ziggy's told me that her boss had taken over for his uncle in 1973, and the uncle had owned it since, quote, probably 10 years before that. I asked if her boss's uncle was the Ziggy, and he was. Same guy. Wow, okay. I was just curious. Thanks for helping me out. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> Obviously, that timeline doesn't exactly work out. Ziggy definitely immigrated to Mendota in 1969 and definitely moved to Springfield in 1983. My theory is that the Mendota Ziggy server with whom I spoke mixed up her years, that Ziggy Zindeli passed his original diner down to his nephew in 1983 instead of 1973. Regardless, we can confirm that the original Ziggy's diner was not located on West Sunshine in Springfield, but actually in Mendota, Illinois. But for our purposes, Let's get back to the Springfield of the 1980s. Over the years, Zendeli experimented with his concept at his original West Sunshine location. In 1990, he opened a bar downstairs called Springfield City Limits, offering live music in a 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. happy hour for overnight workers. Zendeli eventually folded the bar back into the restaurant a few years later, rebranding as Ziggy's Bar and Grill. In 1994, Ziggy's son, Aguim, who was only 21 or 22 at the time, took over the family business, rebranding yet again to Ziggy's Cafe and moving the diner to 2222 South Campbell and opening a separate Ziggy's Bar and Grill further south on Campbell. Aguim basically grew up at Ziggy's, having worked there since he was a boy, starting as a dishwasher and then becoming a cook and eventually a manager. 
His ambitions as owner brought on expansion to several more locations throughout the city and surrounding areas over the next decade, with help from others in Delhi family members and in-laws. Aguim also indulged in other opportunistic restaurant ventures like Avanzari, Springfield's long-running upscale Italian spot, and Siggy's, which we'll get to later. Aguim's and Delhi's ambition may have gotten the best of him in the end, however. Actually, that's being generous. Aguim outright deceived his employees, keeping for himself their paycheck withholdings for Social Security, Medicare, and federal taxes. Every time Aguim's debt to the IRS would accumulate to the point of suspicion, Aguim would close one LLC handling Ziggy's operations and open a new one. He did this 18 times from 2004 to 2014, stealing $1.3 million from the government in the process. I mean, in fairness though, it seems like he thought he was stealing from his employees. According to the newsleader, a game spent his pancake blood money on three BMWs, two Escalades, two Infinities, a Mercedes, and some other cars. He had a family, so probably a few minivans. In January 2016, Aguim Zendeli pled guilty to tax fraud and was sentenced to 37 months in prison, as well as ordered to repay that $1.3 million to the IRS. The rights to the Ziggy's franchise name were lost in the bankruptcy and purchased at auction by Gordon Elliott, a longtime Springfield hotel magnate whose properties include one Lamplighter Inn, inside which resides one of three remaining Ziggy's restaurants. Elliot has an amazing story himself, by the way, a pivotal moment of which includes having a massive heart attack during a trip to China. But maybe we'll save that for another time. A real American dream turned American nightmare. A Geems and Deli, Springfield's pancake scarface. Except it wasn't powdered sugar subbing in for cocaine. It was, well, it was actual powdered sugar. This sound like a great big chicken just waiting to be plucked. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, um, I'm a little shocked to uh, to say the least about the Zindeli family, or about how obsessed I got with the Zindeli family. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you have like a uh, a mashed potato volcano, a la <laughs> um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, packed with Zindeli. Yeah, I went deep, man. Yesterday, I had intended to spend like an hour writing out what I was going to say and just perform it in front of you today, but. The more I learned about this family, the more ambitious my ideas got for doing that recording, and it sort of turned into an episode of Serial. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you would like to do this every week, that no. would actually be pretty nice. <laughs> I definitely don't want to do that. In fact, I'm going to insist that you do the next two bios. <laughs> so does that recontextualize any of the meals you've eaten at Ziggy's in your life, Dan? Um, I, I feel a little dirty now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think... Uh, the the money I've pumped into this business has somehow gone to nefarious <laughs> deeds, it sounds like. So when you went this week, did you go to the Lamplighter Inn location? I think that's closest for both of us. I did. I, I did take out. Um, but yes, yeah, I think that's pretty much the only one I've been to save for I, the one on Campbell maybe one time after a okay. 311 show long ago. <laughs> So the Lamplighter, I believe, opened in 2011 or 2012. So it was one of the last ones that a game was involved with. And it was a carriage house before. Now, I didn't find this out until actually later. Someone was telling me that there was a rivalry between Ziggy's and the carriage house. I guess Ziggy's won, kind of, since Ziggy's still exists and carriage house is gone. But also, that was just a thing somebody said to me. I don't know. The veracity. This, this Aguim fellow is definitely <laughs> the local legend. That is, Yeah. 
I would not imagine <laughs> that. Well, you and I together just today learned some other stuff about that family that we'll get into. But let's start with the meals we had separately at the Lamplighter Inn Siggy's this week. Andy, I went to the Lamplighter Inn for a little late Ziggy's breakfast on Saturday morning. Uh, I actually called in my order. I'm not a big sit-down restaurant type person. I, I, I don't hate it, but especially for breakfast, it's hard to get me and my gorgeous 10 out of 10 girlfriend <laughs> ready um, in time to actually be there and still be hungry for breakfast. Yeah, we food. talked about that this morning. I mean, we talked about that your girlfriend's a 10 out of 10, yeah, but yeah, we also yeah. talked about I love going to a restaurant and sitting and being served. I, I really enjoy it, and I'll do it by myself on a pretty regular basis, just bring a book. It's pretty different. We have a different disposition about this. Yeah, yeah. I would certainly never go to a restaurant alone to be served. Um, I ever. I don't think. What kind of a lonely weirdo would do such a thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, almost like somebody would put ten hours worth of research into local breakfast chains. Yeah. But anyway, I I did take this out. I called Ziggy's around probably ten thirty Saturday morning. Um, still wasn't even fully dressed and the person on the other end told me it would be ready in five minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had to like throw on pants, get out the door. I really just didn't want the breakfast to be cold. I wouldn't want to alter my review today because of a uh, flub on you my know, part. They do have a strict no pants, no pancakes policy. Yeah, uh, which was on their website, and that was uh, part of my conundrum as well. But um, thank goodness I wasn't ordering pancakes. I had the Benedict a la Ziggy's. Mm. That is an Eggs Benedict, of course, which I don't know if you knew this or not. Eggs Benedict does not imply Canadian bacon. Oh. I kind of assumed that all eggs benedict had canadian bacon uh, and the menu literally read eggs benedict served on english muffins so i just kind of assumed that bacon would be in there yeah why did you do that <laughs> i, I don't know those words i i just i just thought eggs benedict was the poached egg the hollandaise sauce and the canadian sure bacon. sure so I ordered that and was a little taken aback, but I also got a little side of bacon to go with mine anyway, so it wasn't the worst scenario. Oh, I was, oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I was worried. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, and then my girlfriend, she got the Country Benedict, which is served on a biscuit with sausage gravy and a sausage patty. Kind of similar dishes, two sides of a Benedict coin. I'm sorry, Andy. Why don't you go ahead and get it, dear? <laughs> I'm just going to let you talk for the rest of the episode after that. <laughs> so, obviously, I'd spent a ton of time researching this place. Even before yesterday, I'd done a lot of clipping articles out of the newsletter or old articles. So, I was really excited to try it. I didn't expect it to be good. I more expected it to be bad in a good way, like greasy, gross, and delicious, you know? Mm -hmm. And I ate almost nothing all day. Again, I went right after work. So I was, <laughs> I ate by myself at the <laughs> Lamplighter Ziggy's at 4.30 oh, p.m. on a Wednesday. That is so sad. <laughs> As I was pulling into the parking lot, there was a cook in a white apron standing still and just staring out the glass entrance. As I got out of my car, I think he figured out that I was coming in. So he just slowly turned around and walked back inside. <laughs> so I followed him in. And when I got inside, there was nobody there. There was the please wait to be seated sign and no one in sight. Eventually, I heard a man make a hacking cough and realized there was, in fact, another customer that I couldn't see. 
but I was the only person in there. So I waited for somewhere between five and seven minutes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Finally, my server arrived and she came through the hotel entrance. And she seemed both surprised and a little irritated to see me, which I get it. It's the afternoon. It's fine. So she sat me in a booth right next to where I'd been standing. She's like, just <laughs> sit here. <laughs> the booth was almost comically uncomfortable. It was like sitting on hardwood, even though it was cushioned. And it looked like it was going to be soft. It looked like a prank booth. <laughs> this place is both clean and a dump at the same time. There's wood paneling on part of the wall. And there's these mi like mismatched, ugly colors. These nonsense retirement home anonymous paintings mm -hmm. on the wall. The kind of thing that you might buy at a flea market or something like that. The server gave me, I'm estimating, 20 seconds to look at the menu. <laughs> she came up and really wanted to take my order, and I asked for more time. In her defense, if you're one person coming in at 4.30, <laughs> there's a good chance you already know what you want. <laughs> yes, and I did, truthfully. But usually when I go to a breakfast place, I spend some time trying to talk myself out of ordering pancakes. <laughs> I almost always just order pancakes unless it's some, like a fancier place where I want to do some kind of scramble or some sort of brunch vessel like we did whenever we went to Lindbergh's. She gave me another two minutes to make up my mind. And when she came back, I went ahead and ordered the short stack of pancakes with peanut butter and a side of hash browns. The pancakes arrived shortly thereafter. And I kid you not, she had packs of butter and a little canister of peanut butter sitting on top of my pancakes. <laughs> Not on the side, directly on top. It was weird. What I expect whenever I go to a breakfast place, and this isn't necessarily the right or wrong way, but what normally happens is that the peanut butter is already put onto the pancakes for me. That was not the case this time. And I kind of like kind of like being in control. I don't know if you know this about me, <laughs> but <laughs> something pretty satisfying about that feeling for me. So I got to choose how much peanut butter went on there. I'm going to start with the hash browns, though. Uh, hash browns. Little crisp on the top and the bottom, very soft in the middle, totally unseasoned, or at least not noticeably seasoned. I used a lot of salt and poured a bunch of ketchup, which I don't believe that I should have to do that to sure. make the hash browns taste good. I think they should taste good on their own. I like them really crispy, and these were not very crispy except on the top and bottom. They were still cooked potatoes, and cooked potatoes can only be so bad. Yeah. So, you know. The pancakes. Now, let me talk about pancakes for a second please i love pancakes grew up eating pancakes my grandma mary who lives in california who told me she'd be subscribing to this via google play oh good <laughs> hi grandma <laughs> she makes the best pancakes i've ever had everyone should have it. everybody should meet my grandma my grandma should make you all pancakes i'd love to try them uh you haven't uh have i had her pancakes i don't know i can't keep track of who has and hasn't but if when there is an opportunity for my grandma to make pancakes for a friend i will try and make it happen so, i mean it's possible but I, next time, not that i remember next time she's around we'll, we'll make it happen oh boy the lamplighter ziggy's pancakes did not hold a candle to my grandma's pancakes did nothing, they, they didn't does. hold a lamp <laughs> they did not even hold the lamp okay no. <laughs> in fact i would say these pancakes were quite poor they were spongier than I prefer, not too into a spongy pancake. There's another fancy breakfast place in town that makes a spongy pancake, and someday I might get into that, but oh. not today. These pancakes could have stood another 30 seconds on the griddle at least, but that probably wouldn't have saved them. They tasted like Bisquick pancakes, so perfunctory at best, which is fine. 
a bad pancake can still be a totally acceptable peanut butter and syrup delivery device. However, they served the lowest quality syrup and peanut butter imaginable, both basically corn syrup. Altogether, it was a little more than a sticky processed sweet mush whenever I put it in my mouth. Not good. <laughs> Andy, I think that uh, that might be the name of the game at Ziggy's. Oh, boy. I didn't finish my meal. I ate exactly half of it, which is something that I tried to do, which is a relief because I have trouble stopping myself from just you know stuffing myself with everything around me during breakfast. I would have rather eaten good food, though. I would have rather you know gotten sick off good food than eaten half a meal worth of bad food. Uh, at this point, I was getting frustrated. I knew that I was coming here for science, <laughs> but I really wanted to give them one more chance. They're a legend. Ziggy's is a legend. Yeah. They stole millions. <laughs> I ordered a piece of pecan pie to go thinking, we'll see. Maybe maybe this will allow me to give them even a marginally positive rating. I saved it for the evening. Okay. As I was walking out, I noticed it was going to be Wicked Wednesday at Rumors, the Ooh. gentleman's establishment next door. <laughs> that, that's a country club, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, for gentlemen. Yeah. Big country. fans of Fleetwood Mac uh-huh. over there. I went home, I spent a couple hours working on this podcast, and then it was pie time. I was very excited. I love pie, especially pecan pie. (sighs) This pie was decent during the bites that included crust. The flavors were generally good, but the proportions of each component were way off. It was mostly filling. Of course, it tastes like corn syrup because the base of pecan pie literally is mostly Cairo syrup, which is corn syrup. Yeah. The pecans were crunchy. You can't mess up pecans. I guess you could. You could, you know, burn them up, toast them. Yeah, something like that. Your, These were fine. Feet. But they were drowned in filling. The crust was fine, acceptable. It really seemed like one of those ones you would buy in the metal pan at a Walmart. It was not crunchy nor flaky, not firm at all, because there was too much filling. A person should be able to hold up a piece of pie without it falling apart. The crust should be supportive. This crust was not. All the tastes needed for a strong slice of pie were present, but not correctly distributed, making this a bad pie. But it was also the best part of the Ziggy's experience that was not augmented by my own efforts. Well, first of all, Andy, uh, now that you're seated and (laughs) you seem to be calmed down a little bit, uh, what do you mean by augmented? From time to time, if I find my meal less than stellar at a restaurant, I will take leftovers home and try and fix them to to make (laughs) them better. So the next morning, I, I performed a little breakfast rescue. I toasted my pancake until the outside was dark brown. I smeared the leftover peanut butter, and I used real maple syrup, which I keep on hand here, not the corn syrup stuff. I also lightly sprayed the hash browns with olive oil and toasted them as well, then dusted them with a little Parmesan cheese and Cajun seasoning. I saved the breakfast. The pancakes were still subpar. Bland, bisquick cake with a crispier outside and superior toppings, but still not a great pancake. Well, you know, we can't consider any of that whenever we're actually rating Oh, I know. I Ziggies. Just, I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, you told us what you and 10 out of 10 ordered, but uh, 
how'd you find your meals? Um, you know, we consulted the menu online beforehand, me and my dime piece of a girlfriend. <laughs> um, and she, it's, it's pretty easy for her. She is a big biscuits and gravy lover. That's going to pretty much always be where she's going if it's a breakfast menu. Me, I'm a little all over the place, a little zany on the breakfast side. I'll pop around. Not a big Eggs Benedict orderer. I think this might be oh. like my first order of Eggs Benedict at a restaurant. Okay. Andy was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> I am shocked, I tell you. the uh, That Benedict sauce, the uh, holiday sauce that is, um, was very under-seasoned. I think that's kind of a common thread across the board. Do they know about salt? Do I, they know about it? It's it's so easy. Like At a breakfast restaurant, you just put salt and pepper on it. It's, it's all you need. Ugh. I will say kind of the highlight of our meal. Mine came with grilled onions, peppers, tomato, and mushrooms, which was the a la Ziggy's portion of the uh-huh. Eggs Benedict a la Ziggy's. Those were all right. They didn't taste horrible, but really that's... Not horrible, <laughs> raves Daniel Howell. That's really about as far as I can go. Um, the English muffin. I love an English muffin at home. I love the like crispy, porous, um, the way it just all gets filled in like little craters. It's as if the Lord designed it to soak up butter. So it it's true. The Lord did design it to soak up <laughs> butter. This Lord Muffin the Third. This, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this was so bad. I don't know if you've ever had a, a McGriddle um, from the McDonald's Corporation. I have. It was very much the texture of that. There was no crispiness at all. And I do, I want to be very forthright. Um, I was able to get to Ziggy's very quickly and get the food home very quickly. However, it was already sauced. So mine already had the Benedict sauce on it. The Hollandaise sauce, as we've discussed, is the actual name. And my girlfriend's already had the gravy on it, and they were both just ruined. I I really think I got them home quickly (laughs) enough, but you can tell whenever something used to be crispy and then took on sogginess. This was never crispy. (laughs) Um, there, There was no point at which this had any kind of crisp to it. In addition to that, we they were both served with home fries, as I would call them. But right. Ziggy's actually calls them American fries, which, upon further examining the menu, saw that they also also offered Greek and Italian fries. It's just seasonings. No, they don't use seasoning. Oh, so what'd yeah, be different. These were almost entirely unseasoned. <laughs> I have no idea what the Greek or Italian entails. I'm assuming uh, the Greek. I guess maybe we better go back and find olives. out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we probably should. We'll be right back. <laughs> Guys, this Ziggy's is bad. Yeah. It tastes like it's served all day for a reason, um, which I'm not going to tell you who that quote is from because she does feel bad about saying it. <laughs> I can't imagine ever going to Ziggy's for for any reason no. besides this podcast no, or simply because it's the only restaurant open, which it's only open until 2 a.m. now uh-huh. and only at one location. <laughs> there, There's just no reason. I, Taco Bell is going to beat this out. Oh, for sure. There's any number of fast food places I would go instead of the Ziggy's. Yeah, I, so, I just can't. <laughs> we both had profoundly disappointing experiences. I really hoped it would be good. Or like I said, bad in a good way. And it was bad in a very bad way. Now, 
after having done all that research, I wondered whether this was how Ziggy's had always tasted because it's no longer in the original Ziggy's family, the Zendeli family. It's owned by Gordon Elliott, mm-hmm. hotel magnate, <laughs> and it's in a location that used to be a carriage house. So I wondered maybe some of the carriage house recipes carried over or something like that. And then yesterday I made a discovery that there is still a Zendeli family restaurant in Springfield. A Zendeli family restaurant that is, in fact, in the same location of the original Ziggy's second location, if that makes any sense at all. It is called Springfield Family Restaurant, and it is owned and operated by Lotrum Zendeli, grandson of Ziggy and the son of Agim, the pancake Scarface. So I texted Dan and I said, buddy, I'm pretty sure we aren't done here. We need to go do a little recon. And that is exactly what we did, folks. It is time for your second review of the day, Springfield Family Restaurant. We just got back. At approximately 11.45 this sunny Sunday morning, Dan and I walked in, or rather, I walked in after Dan, to an incredibly packed Springfield Family Restaurant. I was late. Dan already had our seat. Immediately, this place felt better than Ziggy's. It was brighter, had more personality. There were people there. Again, this was uh, you know breakfast time on a Sunday, not 3.50 on a Wednesday. But Dan, what were your feelings when you first walked in? So I was crammed into the waiting queue with about 10 other Springfield Dens <laughs> begging for a table uh-huh. for us. Um, I knew that this had to happen. You had left me so many voicemails <laughs> at both work and on my personal cell. I am once again in agreement with you. It was a much brighter experience, at least as far as locale goes. So we sat down and honestly, our service wasn't great, but it wasn't great in an earnest way. We weren't being neglected. The man was very, very busy. Sure. So what did you order this time, Dan? This time, I wanted to get the closest approximation to what I had had at Ziggy's, um, which they did not have a Springfield restaurant a la Benedict, but they had what was called the West Coast Benedict, a little different than the other one I had. This one was served on hash browns, still no Canadian bacon, but served with bacon and then a slice of tomato and avocado. And weirdly, they only serve it on the westernmost side of the diner. Yeah, and uh, it was actually a problem. I did want the East Coast one with yeah. uh, pepperonis and... We would have had to move, and they were just busy. We didn't want to wait for a table. Yeah, again. no, it, it would have been impossible. This is very funny. Let's keep doing it. Yes, <laughs> we're going to keep this bit in, and we're actually going to roll with it for about 10 more minutes. <laughs> so I ordered pancakes again. Were you done? Oh, yeah, I'm done. I ordered the exact same thing minus the pie, only because I forgot. I was going to have us taste test it again during the show, but (laughs) I forgot to order it. I'm happy to report that these pancakes were good. They were base level good, nothing special, but they did not disappoint me. They did not gross me out like the pancakes we had before. Peanut butter, let's say we moved up from always save brand at Ziggy's to say Peter Pan brand at Sprinkled Family Restaurant. I was so satisfied. I was so relieved that I was not going to have to give across the board bad ratings this episode. 
So I don't really even need to go into detail. The pancake was cakey. The toppings did not taste like straight corn syrup. And the hash browns were a little bit crispier. And they were hotter. They seemed fresher. All in all, much more satisfied. How did you feel about yours? Yeah, mine had more flavor across the board. The hollandaise sauce still wasn't particularly as seasoned as i would have liked right. i guess but the hash browns that was served on were nice and crispy didn't have the sog of my previous experience with the english muffin and i would say overall i i totally agree with you i liked it much more than ziggy's i kind of wish this would have just been the restaurant we reviewed yeah, no kidding uh it, it was so much better it's still not great admittedly but with the Ziggy's kind of foreshadowing it, it that this is a five out of five compared to oh, Ziggy's for sure. I agree with that 100%. However, I still think that we need to rate these two restaurant experiences based on their own merits and not in comparison to each other. Let's start with the Ziggy's at the lamplighter in Dan, how many white collar jail cells would you rate the lamplighter Ziggy's? Andy, um, the Lamplighter Ziggy's was just straight up bad. Uh, I I don't think I would ever eat there again, and I can't give it any more than one white collar prison cell for oh. a game. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. I'm struggling to come up with the reason to give it anything higher than half a white collar prison cell. I do want a game to have enough room to move his legs. So I'll give it one. I think we're settled. I think it averages out to one for <laughs> Ziggy's. Let's get to Springfield Family Restaurant owned by Lotrim Ziggy, son of a game. Lotrim, I am speaking directly to you here because I know you are listening. You have successfully won the breakfast wars. <laughs> Springfield Family Restaurant blows Ziggy's out of the water any day of the week. That being said, I can still probably only give it about three white collar prison cells and not betray myself. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to overrate it just because of how bad Ziggy's was, because I, I don't, I don't want to say that Springfield Family Restaurant is the end all be all of breakfast here in no. the Queen City of the Ozarks. But it, it is certainly better than Ziggy's. Yes, we are totally simpatico, Dan. Three white-collar prison cells for me as well. This is a solid, if an amazing, breakfast. If you're around there and need a pancake or a sausage or a waffle or a steak, they have every food oh, pretty yes. much. It's the kind of place you go whenever you have a lot of family in town because everyone's going to be able to find something they like. I don't think anybody's going to walk away disappointed. It's fine. I think that averages out to three. <laughs> <laughs> now, our next segment is a very special culinary obituary take it away dan march 2003 50 cents into club begins its nine-week run at the top of the billboard hot 100 december 21st 2003 hey ya begins its second week of nine at the top between these songs burned a light a light that burned so bright it was extinguished before its time in 2003, an 11-year-old Dan had one dream, to be able to enjoy runny eggs and smoke a cigarette. 
He watched his young dream slip from his hands in March of 2003, when the Springfield Clean Air Ordinance, led by an organization called Breathe Easy Springfield, tried to remove his civil liberties before he had even had a chance to exercise them. The writing was on the wall, and Dan could read good. <laughs> by the time he was 18, surely the few smoking sections left would be relics, and he would be cast out to the patio to enjoy a black and mild and a stack of pancakes, or a cool menthol and a warm sausage patty. But there was hope. A restaurateur not content to cast his customers to the patio or even herd them into a walled-off smoking section where they can enjoy a stogie and gravied biscuits. No, Agim Zindeli's Ziggy's was the smoking section. Opened across from Ziggy's on Campbell in the wake of the clean air ordinance, Ziggy's was a bastion for those who enjoy the simple pleasures in life, like a cigar and a fruit cup, or a pipe and a country-fied steak. Dan's dream was reignited. He now just had to wait until his 18th birthday, or at least until he had a mustache and looked cool enough to smoke <laughs> cigarettes indoors as a teen. On December 21st, 2003, Dan's dream was snuffed once again when Siggy's closed its doors, only nine months after the ordinance had necessitated its opening. Dan would never enjoy a camel light and a slice of pecan pie, a Virginia Slim and white toast, or a Parliament light and a Belgian waffle. So today, as we eulogize Siggy's 15 years after its closing, we light one up. Take a big drag and say, Ziggy's food is food that deserves to be eaten with a cigarette. And even if its mere existence was just a part of an elaborate scheme on the IRS, we will miss it just the same. R.I.P. Siggy's, may your butt be extinguished in the proper receptacle. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful, Dan. <laughs> Did you know that none of the Sindeli smoked? Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least not the ones that owned the Ziggies that were here in town. Aguim didn't smoke. He even talked about it in the article. He was doing this on behalf of his customers. But we know the truth because yeah. <laughs> that he needed to open another business for his tax uh, scheme. That's so incredible. <laughs> so there's one more thing we wanted to talk about before we signed off today. And that is the cashier. At Springfield Family Restaurant. Yes. We walk up to the counter. It was an older lady. She was incredibly surly. <laughs> I even teased her. She was being so negative about her job and everything in life. I was. I said, is there is there anything you like? <laughs> and she kind of liked being hassled, it seemed. <laughs> and then she just opened up. And it was amazing. Because I've been reading about this family all week and thinking about the history of this business. She told us that she had worked at the very first Ziggy. She'd worked down at the bar. I asked her if she remembered it being called Springfield City Limits. She said she didn't know exactly, but she did tell us how great the band was there and that you couldn't get a reservation. She said that she had actually recommended the name Ziggy's Down Under, which is incredible. Yeah, so great. It's downstairs. It's awesome. And she told us part of the reason that the different concepts for Ziggy's were so inconsistent had to do with uh, some uh, substance abuse issues. Yeah, a bit of alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, and I feel a little weird talking about this, but 
we were total strangers who did not ask her about it. Oh, we in no may way no. made reference to the fact that we were recording a podcast no. or had researched Ziggy's <laughs> for a full week. Nor did she betray any hint that she thought it was strange that I knew members of the family's names already because I mentioned a game when we talked to her. Yeah. And she had not mentioned a game herself. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so cool. Yeah, she she even pointed out Lotrim, who was at a Springfield Family Restaurant today. Yeah. It was like having a celebrity sighting. I I couldn't turn around. I was afraid he'd like look at me and know that I yeah <laughs> been, <laughs> been spending my entire week devoted to thinking about his family and their you know import in the city of Springfield. <laughs> and what does she call uh, Agim's white collar prison stay? Uh, I think it, I think she referred to it as a federal vacation. Yes, federal <laughs> That's vacation. That's what she said. Said he went on a federal vacation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so here's to you, Springfield Family Restaurant cashier. What a fun week this was. What a weird, wild journey. Yeah, she said she'd be there every Saturday and Sunday. So go by and see her, guys. Yeah, she seems happy <laughs> to dish <laughs> yes. on the Ziggy's lore. And with that, I think it's about time we wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for listening. Please keep telling your friends about the show. Uh, follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, springfoodpod.xyz. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, email them to us at mail at springfoodpod.xyz. Also, if you have your own culinary obituary, please send them to us at that email address or just contact us in general. We would love to have you on the show, whether it's reading your obituary out loud, playing a voicemail that you leave us, playing an MP3 file that you send us, or just coming up to the tower and recording it. If you know somebody in a local Springfield restaurant who would like to speak to the community on our <laughs> uh, widely recognized <laughs> podcast, have them come in. And I actually have just a bit of housekeeping, Andy. Oh, okay. Um, I do want to give a little credit where credit's due. Last week's I've been pickling theme, uh, that was not my idea. That was actually my roommate, Shay Rainey's oh, concept. Okay. Um, she originally sang that altered version of Drunken Love for me. So I just want to make sure I put that out there and don't act like I came up with probably the best thing that will ever happen on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Shay. What are we eating next week? Well, then, I think we're going to hit one of your favorite spots. That would be the old purple burrito. I am so excited. So go eat yourself some purple burrito if you're keeping up with us. And we'll see you next week. Keep on smoking. Keep on smoking.